This episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast is brought to you by Trust Velocity. Trustvelocity.com is a thing I put together. It's, it's really simple, actually. It's just a list of lead generation techniques categorized and profiled based on how effective they are at helping you develop trust with prospects during your marketing. That's not the end of trust building. Trust building should continue for the entire relationship, but starting while you're marketing to your prospects, I think gives you the best shot at building as much trust as possible over the lifetime of that relationship. So if that sounds interesting, if you are at the, you know, in that place where you know you need to start generating leads, I'd suggest heading over to trustvelocity.com and taking a look at the table there because I think it will spur some thinking in you about how you might approach lead generation in a way that maximizes your ability to develop trust with clients. For about six weeks at the end of 2015, I experimented with hiring a personal chef. My wife and I are both busy running our businesses, and we thought that hiring somebody to prepare a few meals a week for us would free up some time for other things. It was a, an amazing experiment, actually. It revealed a few interesting things. The first was not a surprise. The food was very delicious. <laughs> not having to take the time to prepare the food was really nice. And <laughs> there's this thing called hedonic adaptation or hedonistic adaptation. It took exactly three days, I think, as I look back on it, for hedonic adaptation to kick in and make it feel totally normal to have delicious food delivered to the house by someone else who cooked it and prepared it. The second thing, though, was uh, quite a bit more surprising to me. Every time our personal chef showed up to deliver a few days' worth of food, she seemed really, really stressed out. To be honest with you, it actually reduced my enjoyment of the food. Knowing that it was probably made in a hurry by a wonderful person, but a stressed out version of that wonderful person, actually started nagging at me. It, it began to make me feel like I was imposing on that person's time. Like the workload of making the food for us was adding stress to her situation. Even though we were paying for it, I mean, she said what the price was and we said, great, let's do it. It's not like we haggled her down or anything like that. Uh, we were paying her her full rate for preparing this food. Uh, but it just was, I don't know, there just was something about being knowing that I was contributing to somebody else's stress that did not feel good. And it made me think. The same thing, I believe, is often true of clients. They do not want to deal with a stressed out, harried, um, overwhelmed developer, consultant, vendor. They, they do not want to feel like an imposition on your time or stress level. So I think our ex-personal chef <laughs> probably priced her services too low, um, which contributed to the stress, and it made the situation feel like it wasn't a win-win situation, like we weren't both happy with it. I think that was part of why she was stressed out. I know for sure that pricing things too low is a big problem in the world of professional services. There are some dev shops that are in the $100 to $150 territory and using offshore developers and sort of geo-arbitraging their way into profitability, and that's fine. But even those sh shops need a competitive advantage when it comes to attracting and closing work. 
and I know there's some developers um, that have a set of skills that's currently worth a lot of money. And I'm looking at you, iOS developers. <laughs> but that same skill set is not far from becoming a commodity that you can rent from places like Croatia for 60 bucks an hour or Central America for even less. I know there are far too many solo developers in small shops. They're just simply struggling with pricing. They live in great places to live, but they're high cost of living areas by, by global standards. And I know that some of those folks would really like to get into that $300 an hour plus um, effective hourly rate range, but they just lack a compelling way to justify those kind of rates. So if you've been tuned into what I say for any length of time, you know exactly what I'm about to say. You're even right now silently mouthing the words. The foundation of your ability to charge premium rates and reliably attract desirable clients is valuable expertise. The best way to develop that quickly, narrow your market position, specialize. That's it for this episode of the Consulting Pipeline podcast. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on air, phone it in. 707-204-0717. Email's fine too, but phone it in if you're, if you're feeling up for it. I'd love to, to hear, you, hear you that way, play your question on air that way, and answer it that way. Well, it's time to say goodbye. As Ernie, Har As Ernie Harwell said, it's time to say goodbye, but I think goodbyes are sad, and I'd much rather say hello. Hello to a new adventure. <laughs>